This is Foxhole Podcast number 14. I'm Joe DeLisi, and the uh, the title of today's podcast is uh, The Great Song, God is Great, Beer is Good, and People are Crazy. Now, I think, well, I don't think, I know the only person I've ever heard sing that song was Kenny Chesney. I also know that he's not the one who wrote it, but... Um, yeah, I heard it on the radio a couple months ago, and I thought about it, and I'm thinking, you know what, that's probably the the theme song to the career that that I'm in, the financial services career, probably every career, every business, anything that has to deal with people, um, I think it's a great theme song. God is good, beer is great, and people are crazy. Here's a little story for you um, to give some context to what we're going to talk about today. My mother-in-law lives in a quiet little cul-de-sac in the uh, same little neighborhood we live in. And across the street from her is this house, beautiful, beautiful house on the outside. You know, nothing out of the ordinary about it. Pristine, well-kept. The people who live there, you know, seem to be normal. Nothing strange going on there that we could tell. And then what we found out was that that house got sold at auction a couple weeks ago or a week ago, whatever. And uh, the reason for the auction was twofold. One was there was a divorce, which I guess is surprising enough, but maybe not really. And then the, the second thing was that the reason it had to be sold at auction was it was completely destroyed on the inside. I mean, I don't know the details, of course, but from what we can see on, on Facebook and uh, just from, you know, word of mouth or what have you, but there's pictures, so I, this is, like, accurate, is that apparently the, the husband asked for the divorce for whatever reason. The wife, I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it. She just went freaking crazy. and Or maybe she always was. I don't know, but here's what I do know she destroyed the house and when I say destroyed the house I don't mean like she you know smashed drywall or broke glass I mean that that's like boring no this woman literally took the countertops out like the granite counter whatever whatever material it was the granite countertops whatever gone she there was a fireplace in there gone removed it the fire. Now think about the energy required to remove a fireplace from a house, or or countertops and like cabinets and everything. I mean, you name it. You know, you almost want to say like if it wasn't <laughs> nailed down, but that's not true. I mean, like the stuff that shouldn't ever be removed, gone. Now I don't know the situation. And I, you know, I pause a little bit to to call her crazy, but like, let's just be honest with the situation. Somebody who does that is a little bit nuts. And what's, what what always catches my attention, whether it be, um, like you find out that somebody's getting divorced or, you know, you, you see something like this unfold. And yet what's, what just freaks me out is like these people were just walking around the neighborhood, totally normal. You know, you see them outside. They're, you know, they somehow they woke up in that that morning. They got dressed, got in the car that I'm assuming they pay for. Like these are, these are active and normal members of society. 
walking around. The veneer, anyway. Totally normal people. And then, but what's really going on is that there, there obviously there's some serious problems going on there, and, and one, if not both of them, are freaking nuts. So, like, that, you know, it, it's, and you think back in history, too, okay? So, like, that, that's a very anecdotal situation there. And now we can all think about it. We, we, all, we all know people. In my own life, I mean, I've told my story, or at least some of it, about um, a divorce I went through back in 2011. In fact, I even talked about it a little bit on, on a former podcast. If you go look up the one with uh, Victor Marks as our guest, um, you can get a little bit of a sense as to kind of what what I went through. But And that one came out of nowhere, and I lived with this woman um, and didn't see it coming. So, like, we all know, we've all seen circumstances where you just something happens and you're like, man, I just can't, just never saw that coming. I can't believe that was actually going on. Like people are crazy. And, but again, it's, it can be anecdotal because it can be a sample size of one or a few, like just things that we observe, but like look back in history over time. And I was thinking about this today. Like if you read, and we're going to talk a little bit about today about the Bible, um, from a, in a sermon that I heard, um, in church this past Sunday, which I mean, I hate to admit it, but like I was sitting there going, oh my gosh, this is like so applicable to our business. I I wasn't even thinking about church and I'm taking down all these notes and writing it down. So we're going to talk about that today. But in relation to that, if you think, at least from my perspective, and I'm no biblical scholar by any stretch, but if you read the Old Testament of the Bible, just for the stories and the historical account, right, forget the faith or the, the religious part of it, if you will. Just think about it as a story. Um, and you, you read about the Jewish people, um, ancient history, and it's like, these <laughs> these people, like, they, they kept, they would have this relationship with God, and God would tell them, like, all right, guys, here's the deal. You do this, and, and I will do that. Right? You behave this way, you follow these rules, you do these things, and life's going to be pretty good. Milk and honey good stuff and they're like yep we're on board and then it wouldn't even take i think about again the history where the the jewish people are slaves to the egyptians okay just think about that one for a second and they were in captivity for hundreds of years i don't know long long time and uh, like literal slaves an entire nation right slaves and praying to God, praying to please save us, please send somebody. So God listens to them finally. And they they escape their captivity. They're not even, like, over the river. It might be the first night that they're camping out. And their leader, Moses, goes up a mountain to get, like, the new rules. That God's like, hey, here, here's the deal, guys. Like, I got you out of captivity. You know, this is good, good to go. Now, here's the rule you got to follow. There's ten of them. Moses doesn't even make it down from the mountain. And they're down there throwing a party and, like, doing all the wrong things. He's not even down from the mountain yet. That's people. That's people thousands of years ago. And, and I mean, it's people today. Think of uh, more modern history. Uh, World War II and Winston Churchill. Great leader. Great leader. And um, before... Now, again, I'm no historian, but before World War II... Churchill was telling people, hey, this Hitler guy, bad news. Bad news, that guy. We can't we can't deal with that dude. 
can't talk to him. And he was sort of ridiculed. And, of course, we know what unfolded. And it turned out that Churchill was right. And so Churchill becomes uh, uh, the leader of his country. And with the help, of course, of the United States and you know the Allied forces, defeats Hitler, throws Nazi Germany out of their country. They start to rebuild. What do the people of Britain do? They unelect them. They throw them out. They're like, yeah, thanks, hey, hey bud, appreciate it. Uh, now get out. It, it's just, it's just common, right? So, human behavior, which is what, if you're in the financial services business, that's that's actually the business that you're in. You're not in business to sell people a product, life insurance or, um, or or any financial services product, right? Um, investments annuities, whatever it is that you sell, that's not what you're in business to do. You're in business to understand that 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 God is good, beer is great, and people are crazy. People will self-destruct all the time. Um, we talked about divorces before. How many marriages end in divorce? I don't know. I mean, we always throw on the, around the 50% number, and I guess that's probably an accurate statistic. And then the second marriages, um, that rate of divorce is even higher. So for us to think that you're going to gain a client um, and, and the client you know, signs on and, and they, they, yes, yeah, yeah, they, what you're doing is great. We love you. Joe, we love you. Oh, thank God we met you. You're, you're fantastic. You know, I've even heard people say, well, I've prayed to find an advisor and, and here you are. And, and then you know, sometimes those people leave you within a year or five or 10 and it's it, what's bizarre to me is the longer they're with you and then they leave that's even that's even stranger to me but why should we be surprised at that's human behavior and before it sounds like I'm on some you know high horse or something like that like I look we're all crazy I, one thing I've learned now I've never been in management like at on any level in any situation um but in coaching financial advisors, which I do is sort of, I'll say my side job, um, man, I got to tell you, like financial advisors are not, they're, they're crazier than the client almost in every circumstance. Like the, 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 the issues and the, and the things that, that you guys, we, I should say, all bring to the table. It's, it's worse than just your average client. Um, the, and, you, and but what's, what's, what's even more bizarre is that the advisor usually is blind to the behavior that that he or she is engaging in. I'm not blind to it. I mean, I, I'm fully aware of my faults, trust me. Um, but it's bizarre how little awareness I see from advisors. Like, they're all very aware of how crazy their client is, but they, they, don't, they don't ever put that on them and see actually how, how poor they behave. Um, at least it's rare. So, you know, it's, it's not unique to any specific business it's not unique to any kind of culture or any or male female like it's just people it's just people it's just the way that we behave we're very we're very flawed species for sure and yet again that's the business we're in so okay i'm sitting in church this past sunday and i'm um you know i'm listening to the sermon and um our pastor's name is brian and he he's just you know he's just one of these guys that i don't know he's got the gift where he stands up there he's not like the the traditional preacher that you would say has a gift where he gets up there and he thunder and lightning and 
you know, he's got this voice, and no, it's none of that, this guy's the opposite, he just gets up there, he's just very matter-of-fact, kind of easygoing, um, and, you know, no real, uh, oh, what's the word, uh, no drama, just, just talking to us, and, and I, I really enjoy that, so anyway, I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to him, and he's talk. he, he's in the book of Matthew, and he brings up the parable, um, that Jesus brought out, uh, in fact, this is interesting, the way that, um, Brian talked about it in the way that I've, I've never really heard this before, read it before. So the way that this parable of the sower is, and so for those of you who aren't familiar with it, um, essentially Jesus comes out and he's talking to, I'm just going to say thousands and thousands of people, um, right near, I think the Sea of Galilee. So all these people have come out to hear him speak and what they're expecting Jesus to say is that, Hey guys, I'm here. I'm going to save you from the Roman people. Like, you know, this, this is supposed to be like this big turning point in time. The Jewish people are here to, to listen to their new leader. It's essentially kind of the way it's been sold, probably by the disciples. Um, like, hey, come come hear this dude preach. Like, this is going to be awesome. He's going to come out and he's going to tell us that he's the Messiah. And we're going to destroy the Romans and it's going to be great. So come on out. And so people gather by the thousands, right? And so Jesus gets in to a boat to speak to these people because there's just so many of them. He can't stand on the beach. And everyone's like, yeah, okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. He's going to talk, he's going to talk. Like, now we're going to find out, like, how we're going to get this done. And he gets up, and he tells a story. He basically just says, hey, um, so here's the deal, guys. Like, you're going to hear the word of God, and it's kind of like the sower in the fields where the farmer goes out and he throws seed, and some seed falls on the, uh, you know, like the, the gravel or the ground, and it doesn't take root at all. Some seed will fall on sort of this, you know, right, right next to it, right next to the ground, and it'll take root really fast, and it'll grow really fast, but it has no, like, deep roots, and so it'll die quickly. And then we've got some seed that's going to uh, grow in the thorns and get choked off, and then there's some seed that's going to hit the really good soil and, and you know, multiply and then basically he's like, all right, so thanks for coming. <laughs> and his disciples, the people around him were like, dude, what was that? Like, wh- why are you talking to him in stories? Like, tell him, you know, tell him. And uh, so so that was the story. Okay, that's the story of the, the sower of the seed and the parable of the sower of the seed. And um, what struck me was a couple things. One, uh isn't that true? So if you are in management in, in our business or really in any business or or if you do joint work as an example in your business of financial services, let's say, and the client or more likely your manager or your joint work partner is expecting like this, we talked about it last time, this magic to occur. Like, oh my gosh, Joe's going to show up and he's just going to say these things and the client's going to do this and everything's, everything's going to go great. And, and then, but what usually happens isn't what you expect to happen. But a good leader gives people what they actually need. In this case, Jesus was just telling a story of like, look, here's the deal. Basically, people are going to hear the word of God. And some will hear it and do something about it. But many won't. That was basically it. Some will and some won't. Now, I've heard that actually in our business too. I've heard people before stand up and say... Um, some, some will, some won't, who cares? Something like that is, is kind of the way it goes. And I mean, I, I've discounted that cause I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. But like, you know, don't you want to close everybody? 
You know, don't, don't you want to save everybody? Don't you want to help everybody? I do. You know, like I know what I do works. I, 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 I know it. I've got the math on my side. And yet people will like listen to a blog post online or they'll they'll see some some doctor who now thinks that they're in the financial services industry because they've got a Twitter account go off and you know and they listen to them and you just throw your arms up in the air it's like I just can't win and yet here we are what 2,000 years ago and Jesus is on he's basically telling people about salvation eternal he's talking about eternal life and at the end of the day what he knows and what he's telling people is like look here's the deal I'm going to tell you the truth like this is how it works okay this is how it works this is how eternal life works I'm God this is how it works and even for him some people act like the seed that never really gets to the soil right just go, goes nowhere so they they hear him and they're like eh, nah, 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 so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna listen to that others hear it and they're like oh my gosh that makes so much sense like this is so cool I'm in and then they like they run out and they're telling everybody about this Jesus guy and and you know, but like at the first pushback, they're like, eh, you know what? That doesn't make any sense. Eh, I'm out. Those would be the people that you, the, the clients that you sign up, that meet you, they love you. You know, oh my gosh, just tell me what to do, Joe. Just tell me what to do, and then you tell them, and then they they're like with you for six months, and they come back and they're like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, like I read this article, and yeah, yeah, I think I'm just gonna go this other direction, and they're gone. And then there's other people that. <laughs> listen um, and, and maybe they hear Jesus and they're like hmm that makes a lot of sense but then there's people around him who immediately say that guy's crazy are you nuts you're not gonna listen to that guy are you, really come on man he's this he's that and they're, they're all around you and so you're like yeah I'm uh, yeah I guess I'm out like, I'm not smart enough my friends are smarter than me I'm gonna listen to them and that would be your client that you know, the seed that hits the right around the thorns and the weeds. So that would be your client that listens to you or hears you and says, yeah, I don't know, man, like I've read the Dave Ramsey books and, and you know, my, my brother-in-law says this and I don't know, my dad says that and my friends all say A, B, and C and, and they just can't think for themselves. And, and you don't even get a shot to, to prove to them what you know. And then there's a relatively small seed that Jesus talks about that's going to hit the fertile soil and that is going to grow slowly over time but sprout into um, um, you know, wheat and multiply 30, 40, 100 times and you know you don't know who those people are you're not going to know that for years I don't care if you're in management and you recruit new people to your business. You're not going to know who's actually going to make it, quote unquote, for five years. You sign on a new client. You're not going to know if they're going to follow you. I'm going to tell you really for three to five years, minimum, minimum, because they have to go through the cycles of like allowing the products to work or your investment philosophy to prove out over different market cycles or to prove that they can actually save the money you're telling them to save and on and on and on. It's going to take a while. But again, like, hear this out. We're talking about eternal life. And Jesus Christ is telling people flat out, like, look, some are going to listen and some won't. That's just how it works because that's how humans are. 
what in the world, as I'm sitting there listening to this sermon, I'm like, why would I ever think that it would be any different in what I do for a living? What kind of hubris would it take for me to think that I'm going to, you know, I might be able to, I might be able to close eight out of the 10 of the people that, that meet with me, let's say, like I sign them as clients by the time they sit in my office with me. Great. But that's not the end of the story. The end of the story is how many people did I keep for five years or 10 years, right? Why, why would I be any different than what Jesus is telling in his story? I wouldn't be any different. Neither would you. Because none of us deal with people who are not a little bit nuts, a little bit untrusting, a little bit needing that herd mentality that they have to read it in a book or hear it on the radio or read it on Twitter, right? Like that's just normal. That's just people. That's just normal. It's true in the in the fitness industry. There will be some people that tell you the only way that you can really be truly in shape is if you're at a CrossFit gym. There's other people who say CrossFit's ridiculous. And that the only way you can really be in shape is if you do endurance training, marathons, Ironmans, things like that. There's other people that would say, oh, that's silly. You need to, you need to be in martial arts. There's people that say that you have to eat this diet versus that diet. You have to eat this many calories. versus. That. Look, there's a million ways out there. Everyone's convinced their way is the way. And in every industry, you can speak what you think or you know to be the truth. And what's going to happen is some people will listen. Some people won't. Some people will start to listen. Some people will fall off. Some people will only listen to people around them. You know, the majority rules kind of thing. And some won't. It's just the way it works. It's just the way it works. And so if you think... If you think of the financial industry, um, and you know, I think about myself and what I know to be true, and what I think I know to be true, you notice I even say that, I think I know to be true, is that the math is on my side. I mean, people can write whatever they want to write on Twitter because they don't, they're not scrutinized, right? They're, they're not, they have no oversight. They can say whatever they want. They have no licenses. They've got no regulatory authority. They can cherry pick whatever they want. People can write blogs all they want for the same reason, under the guise of being a journalist, but with no license or regulatory authority. People can comment any way that they want in little groups of friends and things like that. With But the reality is, math is math. And... I believe the math is squarely on the side of the things that I tell my clients to do. Now, it doesn't mean that it's easy to do. It means that it's it's slow. It's a slow building process, building wealth the right way. And that's not very popular. You know, people want quick. They want easy. That's a whole different discussion. But the math, the math is on my side. And even then, even then, I know for a fact that I'm not going to win everybody over the long haul. I was thinking about, um, if you think about things like, think about life insurance as an example. And you can make an argument whether people should buy temporary insurance or permanent insurance. Like you, you can go back and forth and run different, you know, 
you run different rates of return on investments, whatever you want to do. You, you can make whatever comparison you want. But the simple fact remains that everybody's going to die. Period. End of story. I don't care what the guy on the Twitter says. I don't care what the guy who sells books on radio shows. I don't care. I know for a fact, <laughs> for a fact, everyone's going to die. And so it would seem to me that if you know, there's a 100% chance of death, then maybe some type of insurance that will be in force guaranteed at your death makes sense. Okay, just like on its face, it, that makes sense. Now, that doesn't mean that that ends the debate. Because there's a debate on, well, yeah, but wouldn't you just be better off, like, you know, buying some temporary stuff, which is cheaper, and then investing in a side fund in the stock market or whatever the case may be, and you'd have more money? Maybe. Like, we can have that discussion for a different day. But here's what I here's what I think I know about this whole people thing, okay? Most of your clients, not all of them, right? Because we all have different, different uh, client bases. But let's just say, for this discussion, for argument's sake... Most of your clients have a normal W-2 type job, meaning they go to work and they get a paycheck every two weeks. That's the world that they've chosen. Now, maybe they get a bonus and that kind of stuff, but for them, like their life is built off of guaranteed income, as long as they don't get fired, right? So <clears throat> every two weeks, they're going to get a paycheck. And there's really no danger in that paycheck ever being like, 20% less one week. That that world would be a business owner, entrepreneur or something like that. But most of you, let's just say like 8 out of 10 of the people that you guys probably deal with, they've not chosen to be an entrepreneur or a business owner. They can't they can't actually take on that type of risk. The cash flow swings is just too great for them. They need that guaranteed income. Every 2 weeks, boom, there's their paycheck. Okay? That's the way that people live. And yet, those people are telling you that for the next 20, 30 years, they're going to get addicted to the ever two-week paycheck. That's the world that they're going to get addicted to. And then somehow magically at retirement, when they are their most vulnerable, by the way, right? Like the, the reason they retire is they're no longer, they, the workforce no longer desires them. They're being put out to pasture. They're retired. They're no longer valuable because of age or whatever the case may be. At their most vulnerable point in their lives, they're somehow going to go from guaranteed income to stock market income where now it, it can go up or down 10, 15, 20, 30% in a year. And they're telling you that's the way they're going to live their life. Now, they don't actually know that's what it, the way it's going to be. They're just listening to some guy on the radio tell them that they're always going to get this rate of return. But we know how that works. We know they're never going to be able to deal with those swings. And so they're going to need to recreate what they've become addicted to over 20 or 30 years. They're going to need guaranteed income. They're going to need social security and pensions and maybe annuitization and all these kinds of things. And if we know that's the case, then we also know that they're, they're very likely, a high likelihood of, of needing some sort of permanent life insurance because when they go away, so does that guaranteed income go away. And that's never going to change. That's never going to change. So just conceptually, right, 
and we can make the case on math. It's not the point of this this podcast at all. But we can make that case. We can we can prove it out. There are white papers out there that do that. Several of them, by the way. Several white papers that will talk about that. Published in research journals, financial journals, not blogs, not articles written by insurance companies, none of that crap. Actual white paper research from from universities that show. What I just basically talked about is so. That's true. And then it's your job to communicate that to people. It's your job to tell them, hey, look, 20 years, 30 years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever, down the road, this is what's going to happen and this is how you're going to have to deal with this. And then you guys get upset, and I do too, when people don't listen to us or they listen initially and then cancel the stuff that we put in force for them, all the work that we've done. Or they reject us and say that we're, you know, we're bad and wrong, and we're just doing it for the money and all that stuff. Guys, eternal life. Jesus is saying, huh, some will and some won't. And there's nothing you can do about it because that's human behavior. All we're talking about is retirement not eternal life, just retirement. And we expect something different? No. No. People are people. God is good, beer is great, and people are crazy. Period. End of story. So, what is our job then? Really, what is our job? Our job is not to worry about, as we've talked about before, the ribbons on your chest and you know going to different clubs or or selling a certain amount of whatever like none of that none of that that stuff's all silly that stuff that stuff doesn't last our job is to have the courage to speak the truth to speak the truth i know what i know at least i think i do right it's never been proven to me otherwise mathematically i'm on solid ground if i wasn't i wouldn't do this the last thing in the world I'd want to sell people are the things that I sell for a living. Nobody wants them. They're not fun. If I was about selling stuff that people wanted, I've said this before, I, hell, I'd go out and sell cars or drugs. I mean, get, things that people get really addicted to. If I was a bad guy, if I was commission crazy and I, it's all I cared about was the money and I was evil and wrong, why would I ever choose to sell the stuff that I sell? Hell no. Why would I ever choose to sell anything regulated? I wouldn't. I'd go sell houses or cars or whatever. That's what I'd do. No, our job is to have the courage to speak the truth based off of math and science as we know it and then have the humility that the outcome is not on us. Some will listen, some won't. Some will listen today and then not tomorrow. Now, it doesn't mean that your job isn't to learn how to communicate more effectively, and some of us are going to have more talent in that area than others. You got to get better at it. You have to know your stuff. You got to have to understand the details. You have to be able to communicate. You have to know when to give them the details and when not. You have to know how to communicate to this person versus that person. That very much is your job. When to tell story, stories and when to use spreadsheets. That's your job. But have the humility to, humility to know the outcome is not predicated on you. 
It's just a numbers game. Some will and some won't. Where the seed falls isn't on us, right? The, the, the farmer goes out and he throws the seed. And some's going to fall on the gravel and some in the thorns and some on the rich soil and some on the, the topsoil only. That's not on us. I can't control who's across the table from me. Just tell the truth. Just tell the truth and let the seed fall where it may. Tell the truth. Show the math. Hold your ground. Do the right thing. In addition to communicating more effectively, your responsibility is to examine what you believe. Do you really believe in what you do? Or is it really about money and awards? Like, you have to really get clear on that. Because more of you care about the awards than you let on. And that's damaging. That really is damaging. And only you can answer that. And and the way that you can answer is look at your own balance sheet. Where does your money go? That answers what you really believe. You know, people in my church... Um, we'll talk a lot about, or they'll ask the question, how do I know I'm really a Christian? I've had that thought before too. How do I really know? I mean, look, eternal, eternal life is at stake here. How do I really know? And, you know, the best answer I've really ever kind of heard to that is, well, you'll know it in your actions. It's not that, it's not that Christians are perfect people, far from it, but you'll know it in your actions and what you try to do and how you try to live. And I'm going to tell you the same thing about examining your own beliefs in the world that you live in, in the in the world of financial services. The way that you know that what you're selling to people you really believe in, you'll look at your balance sheet and you'll be putting money there at the, at the expense of the new car, at the expense of the private school maybe for the kids, which really isn't about the kids. It's about you and your ego that private school tuition that third grader who's costing you $20,000 a year Mr. Financial Advisor I'm talking to you not the client and you're telling me oh that's because my third grader needs a $20,000 education that's not true it's a club that you've joined be honest with yourself and look do it that's fine with me but you better be saving 25% of your income and a lion's share of that better be going to the product you're telling your clients to buy Otherwise, you don't really believe it. You'd rather take vacations and buy cars and have a nice home and have an $80,000 pool in your backyard. That's what you'd rather do. And if we're honest about it, most financial advisors are, frankly, they're broke. They're poor business people themselves, and so they don't manage their cash flow, right? And when they do manage their cash flow, they manage their cash flow into stuff. Or they can't get on the same page with their wife or their husband. And then they blame it on the spouse. Well, she just spends too much money, right? You've got all the same problems your clients do. You need to fix that. You need to fix that first. Because if you're not putting money, significant amounts of money into the products that you're telling your clients to buy, and you're not willing to share those balance sheets, your balance sheet with your client, if you're embarrassed about your own balance sheet, then I got news for you guys. You don't really believe in what you do. It just so happens to be that this is where you're at right now and this is what you're selling. But you haven't really bought in. And I'm going to tell you flat out, my wife and I, we make sacrifices in our life. We don't have the size home that maybe we could have because we're building our balance sheet the right way. 
we don't take all the first class trips that maybe we could take because we've got a balance sheet that looks a certain way right we we make sacrifices and i'm not saying that in a negative way that's a good thing that means that i'm doing what i really believe and you know one of my friends says that the future will always call your bluff that's just true that's true on how you treat your body that's true on how you treat your spouse that's true on how you treat your balance sheet so if you're struggling with clients who don't listen and people who cancel stuff that you've sold them move money out of your management <clears throat> where maybe a month before they were like oh no 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 we're long we're long-term investors like yeah everything's good then they look at their 401k and it's up 15%. They look at your account and it's up 4%. They're like, oh, I'm out of here. And they move the money. You can't get upset about that. I mean, you will. I do too because we're just, it's human nature. But you need to be able to ground yourself in the fact that some will listen to you and some won't. And you can't do a damn thing about it. All you can do is communicate effectively, really believe what you believe, examine that belief, eat your own cooking communicate it to others and let the seed fall where it may because human behavior will never change it didn't change when (laughs) Moses went up the mountain to get the rules and by the time he got down they're throwing a party and saying prayers to some golden calf they made like that happened thousands of years ago and we're doing the same thing today the same thing today and we're going to do the same thing for the next 2,000 years it's just the human animal so give yourself a little bit of a break and allow yourself to understand that there is no 100% closing ratio there is no perfect persistency I'm going to keep people forever because we're all human beings and we're all just a little bit crazy so that's all I've got for today. Um, one thing I, I will mention, <clears throat> just to kind of close the podcast up here, is it is what mid-September right now. Uh, you know, I guess we're approaching the fourth quarter of the year. Uh, some of you guys have had good years. Some of you maybe have not. Uh, you're looking at next year already. Uh, what I have figured out is that uh, while I love doing the group training. Um, one of my groups is now ending their third year and we're shutting that one down. I think three years of, of, um, uh, of training is good. They, sh- they have what they need and they should be able to recreate it. But what I do want to do next year, 2020, is uh, standalone events You know, where you can pay as you go. And they'll typically be two-day events um, and they'll either be in, uh, usually either in Las Vegas or in St. Louis. And we've got com- one coming up in February. Um, you can just jump on our, uh, our Facebook page and check that out, or you can send me an email uh, at Joe DeLisi at Foxhole Partner if you want more information on that. But that one's going to be in St. Louis over two days. It's going to be a great little event. A lot of business uh, stuff going on there. A lot of uh, financial planning kind of guidance and, and discussion and how you deal with clients, communication, all that kind of good stuff, as well as how to build your business, how to design stuff that you're really uh, uh, struggling with. In addition, we're going to spend a lot of time on nutrition. We're also going to spend some time on physical training. Uh, Talking about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, what that does for somebody, how that can help you lose weight, get your stress level under control. Um, 
and how that impacts your business because they're all they're all intertwined just like a balance sheet you know you can't make a protection decision that doesn't impact savings you can't you know make a debt decision that doesn't impact assets it's the same thing on your personal like life balance sheet um you can't ignore your body and expect your business to thrive you can't ignore your business and expect your relationships to thrive it's all sort of intertwined so we're going to spend two days talking about that it's going to be a lot of fun uh we're going to have some experts in in different areas to talk to us as well um and that event is fifteen hundred dollars per person and that includes all the instruction and uh, and some food and things like that. But you you got to get here and you know your hotel is on you. Anyway, if you're interested in that, let us know. Uh, we'll be closing that event down as soon as we get 10 people in it. And uh, that's pretty much all I have for now. And if you need anything from me, you know how to reach me either on uh, Facebook page Foxhole Partner or on uh, our website FoxholePartner.com or an email Joe Delisi at Foxhole Partner.